Yes, I wonder about that phrase, the the angels in mid-heaven. Mid-heaven. Hmm. Yes. Well, yes, I, I want that feeling. Yes. Yes, in Ullapool, it was clean and brisk, the air laden with the misty ocean, cleansing. Yes. Right. Sure enough. Yes, 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 yes. Right. Cheers, Dr. Frisk. Hello, Nigel. Hello, sir. Ready for another show? Yes, sir. Splendid. Today's show we will have Nigel continue his, what shall we call it, pigeon series of poems. Then Mr. Ross shall read chapter 17 of Hard Water. This show is being sponsored by The Twelve Steps to Natural Gardening by Al Crowder, K-R-A-U-T-T-E-R. Very interesting book gives us the history of how the chemical companies, the fertilizer companies, have bamboozled us. These chemicals they put into our soils are killing the soils and weakening the plants. The plants become weak and susceptible to insects, which provides the perfect opportunity for the chemical companies to invent and produce new chemicals to take care of the insects. Now, If we were doing this organically, without chemicals of any kind, the plants would build up their own immune systems fed by the healthy soil, and we wouldn't need any pesticides. The 12 Steps to Natural Gardening by Al Crowder. Whenever you're ready, Nigel. Thank you, sir. This is a poem by Nigel. It's called Nora and Ziamara. On my walk today... The reservoir was filled. Mergansers and buffle-headed ducks, Canada geese and gulls. An odd coot or two paddled over the surface of the water as the tourists took pictures. One old, cold, grizzled New Yorker screeched, No smoking in Central Park! To a leather-clad Turkish interloper. I walked on and thought of Nora and how she might be. What scrap pizza or crumb-soft pretzel might she be wearing now? Ever look closely at a pigeon's eye? A circle of ochre, orange, that is a close cousin to the color of red Virginia clay. And in the center of this circle, a small circle of pure black, and surrounding this, a thin penumbra of pinkish red. The pigeon's neck, graced with shimmering purple iridescence. Their feet boast either three or four toes. My cat lays on my lap as I type this. The cold weather brings her closer every moment. Steel workers are hammering in construction. Equipment sounds a warning beep. This cat is quite the flirt, flouncing onto her back and catching my eye. We picked her up at the shelter in East Harlem. We wanted the cat that had been there the longest. It was she. Incredible eye contact. But we looked at others, no dice. We found ourselves back at the cage of Ziamara, a green-eyed mackerel tabby rescued from Queens. She just swiped at the computer. She screeches like a mad banshee for supplemental snacks. She loves to watch the birds at the windows. We often wonder how anyone could have given her up in Queens. My partner says people move away. 
people lose jobs, people get old, people die, right? Then she says, but aren't we so lucky to have this $5 one-tooth cat? Praise the beauty of the merganser trolling the surface of the reservoir like a low-profile destroyer. Praise the nervous buffleheads, stately mallards, and the hissing swans. Benjamin, the one-eyed cardinal. Saffron, gracious mate. Praise every pigeon, every makeshift nest. Bless all worthy creatures with undisturbed rest. This series of poems is dedicated to the Wild Bird Fund in New York City on 87th and Columbus. Thank you, Nigel. Nigel Lewis Stevenson, to be precise. Thank you, sir. Now, we'll move on to Mr. Ross. Mr. Ross, how are you today? Hey, Douglas. Hey, Nigel. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Tip top. Mr. Ross, as you mentioned last week, we're delving into a different layer of reality, shall we say, in chapter 16, chapter 17, expecting the same uh, departure from reality? Well, yes. Chapter 17, um, we are with the characters. They have met the uh, mesmeric, mendicant, muskrat sect. And needless to say, they are getting a bit concerned and not sure if they want to be there. So we'll see what happens. Thank you, Mr. Ross, whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'm on. Chapter 17, Part 2, Alabaster Dreams of the Novel, Hard Water. We cannot, will not, promise such lofty, irretrievable, unlikely ideas as to reattach one's limbs or to fix one's face. We wish we could, believe me. We have created and computed quantum equations which almost do so, but we cannot, alas, completely fix you. We can warm you, we can feed you with the spiritual sustenance you've been lacking. If you look around, you'll see different divisions of men and women wearing varied colored sashes signifying what level of muskrat-slash-druid they have reached. We call this our incarnadine coalition of brothers and sisters in arms. You three newcomers, of course, will don the lily-white sash and stand over there. Meanwhile, I will leave you as we begin our afternoon ritual of roasting rabbits. You will find we sing as we roast and pray to the great Creator above for thanks, strength, and forbearance of all the ills and spills this life has unspooled before us. Feel free to join in if the notion strikes you. It does not take a genius to see that there are those here in the camp who are worse off than you. Yet... Notice the beatific mien of those suffering in the scarlet sashes with the muskrat pelts clinging to their broken bodies and broken minds. You'll see they wear the pelt handsomely. You'll see they've shaken the hand of the mesmeric Wooglin on high, who has heard their cry and who has blessed them with further time on this earth to travel, create, and relegate their tears of regret into uplifted smiles of pure and clear optimism. That's what we want from you, gents. Optimism, peace, love, and understanding. There's nothing so funny about that. It can be accomplished with patience and forbearance, so I leave you to your observational aptitudes. We learn from each other, do we not? Witness, please, yonder session of group therapy. Stuck, 
I felt stuck, feel stuck, can't move, can't accept I've lost me arm, me hand, me leg. We hear you. Angry. Angrier than hellfire about it. We hear you. Dubious. Don't know if I trust these druids or whatever they call themselves. We hear you. But I like the warm fire. We hear. Suddenly a bonfire pit tunnels open in the middle of the meadow to a gleaming passage underground. Holy moly! Up from the gaping hole in the ground rises the muskrat pelted grand Poobah. The great man holds aloft a scepter with an eagle claw base and a trident head. Wrapped around his neck a festoonery of orange and yellow bittersweet. The quasi-Athenian pedestal he perches on continues to rise and rotate and then halts as the Grand Poobah arrives just above the fire's reach and faces us, the white-sashed ones. You in white, he intones. Now to us and us to new, who knew, who knew you'd end up like this, broken and alone, regretful, guilty, and angry. I know your thoughts, and I brandish the following equation to figure. After you solve it, you will move on to green sashery. As we don't want any one group to languish over long in one position, as that will only sow seeds of doubt and derision and, God forbid, desertions. So, your equation is, drum roll please, all right, that's enough. One plus two plus two plus one and a quarter plus plus four hundred and eighteen plus nine plus ten plus eleven plus thirty-seven plus seventeen plus sixteen plus thirty-five plus... The square root of 49 divided by the number of limbs you've lost or men you've shot will be is your identifying numeral, which you will, in your quest to reach a higher order of forgiveness and self-regard, come to identify with and even love this very numeral. So do the math. You can see the equation floating in front of me. Feel free to use twigs on the trampled ground in front of you to do your figuring. I and Kilkenny and Goodall set about doing arithmetic as the great and illustrious Grand Poobah floats above the fire. Goodall works quick and utterly by instinct to divine his number, 28. I figure a 52 and Kilkenny pops up from the ground with a 78. The Grand Poobah bellows. You may find, you most probably will find some variation in your numbers, brothers and sisters, that is to be expected. You should know your number signifies the age into which you shall live on this earth. So take a few deep breaths in order to come to terms with how much longer you've got to live and breathe on this planet we call Mother Earth. Just kidding. Your numbers signify your locker, which are housed in the Kilo 2 Quonset hut just yonder. If by chance you have the same number as someone else... Simply calculate the total number of people who have the same number, for instance, 3, and multiply that by your number, then divide by 2, and then, and then add by the number of your age when you were taken out of commission, and that should give you a number of a vacant locker for which to stow your pogey bait. Now, what you've been waiting for, a roast loin of rabbit glazed with a plum sauce lightly peppered with a surrounding mishmash of mashed potatoes and pureed cauliflower. Side bumped with an ensalada de azul, compliments of Chef Diomedes a la Catalina. Please, Papa Squat, as you eat, Foxy will come round and stencil your locker digits on the back of your hand. Please do not scratch or touch as the inky substance takes several hours to dry. The Grand Poobah rotates one quarter turn to address the blue sashes. Allez, 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 les bleus, les bleus. Écoutez-vous, le Grand Poobah.
Hmm, I think. This is strange. Strange. Good rabbit, though. Got that right. I ain't etching shallow, and I've been on the road for months. You look it, friend. Bone thin you are. I'm amazed you're still standing. Well, I dug up some burdock root, mashed it into a paste with a stream stone, so I suppose I etched something. Sure, but you're with us now, ain't you? I am, I am. This rabbit is surefire, almost as good as my mammy makes. I miss my mammy's chicken and biscuits. I miss my mammy's chipped ham. I miss my mammy's sausage lasagna. What's that? Oh, here he comes back again. Les Blues have sent their best wishes to you. A quick check on your repast. Does the rabbit meet your expectations? Don't be shy. Speak up. It does. It does. Splendid. Before long, with some figuring of some more equations, you will rotate to Les Blues spot, and they will rotate to Les Rouge, and Les Rouge will rotate to Les Aquamarine, and Les Aquamarine will rotate to Les Ange, and Les Ange to Les Purple, and Les Purple to Les Nuits, and Les Nuits to the utter nothingness of the clear blue sky of clear still air. Comprendez-vous? Don't be shy. Speak up. Comprendez-vous? Understand? Yes, 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 yes. The Grand Poobah rotates another quarter turn. The rabbit tastes of the wild woods and clear clumping clover. Potatoes taste of pure earth. The shredded cabbage and carrots taste of love and life. The pureed cauliflower goes down real easy. We wear our sashes reluctantly. We are suspicious by nature, and the overenthusiasm of Les Bleus has us fearing a similar transformation. The Grand Poobah's back is to us, and he waves his arms, hunches his back, and gyrates along to an invisible score. What can I say? I'm thankful for the grub, but I'm dubious. The folks around the fire seem pleasant, but how long does it take to, quote, rotate through? And what do we get at the end of it? And when can we leave? This whole rigmarole is keeping me from Cincinnati and Goodall from Chicago and Kilkenny from Kentucky. Incidentally, Goodall looks partway panicked as if he's taken two steps backward into that neverland of catatonia. He's eating, chewing, but looking upward and around at the flames and at the people. Many are smiling and laughing at something the Grand Poobah has said or is saying, and neither Goodall nor I understand what is so funny. Nor can we fathom what's to become of us, and we ain't so good at math. We appreciate the warmth of the fire and the sustenance of the supper, but who are these people? And what do they want with us? After polishing off a generous helping of peach cobbler, Goodall breaks the ice. Hey, what say we skip out? These folks have got me spooked. And I wonder, don't you, how we'll ever get out of here? These folks look beyond strange in their pelts, skinning rabbits. Agreed, echo Kilkenny and myself. And under the pelts, ascots? I believe so. Let's hightail it out of here. Agreed. We three back out of our white sashes and back out of the group and trundle forth into the darkness of the woods beyond. Almost simultaneously, the Grand Poobah's booming voice thunders. You! You! You who deceive and have deceived yourselves and countless others, come back to the fold. 
Come back. Return I vu, you naughty troglodyte, to the beckoning, to the welcoming arms of the Grand Poobah. We hightail it, trying to make it to the cover of the woods, when burning balls of fire clip past us at a great speed, just missing our haunches. We hunch behind the cover of a big oak as three more fireballs explode into the base of some trees to our near right, shaking them to the core and upsetting their inborn residence. We pant and peek. Nobody is chasing us, and from what we can tell, the circle around the Grand Poobah has regained its shape and the crazed leader resumes his twerking gyrations. No more fireballs come whizzing by, and we don't stop to wonder why. Before we leave the lip of the woods, Kilkenny draws a bead on the North Star, Big Dipper, Little Dipper, and Jupiter, and places us on an azimuth north by northwest honing in toward Cincinnati. During the ceremony, Kilkenny filled his pack with rabbit loin and and cassava salad and pickled okra, which we eat as we march on into the darkness. Well, says Goodall, that was interesting. We should probably find a spot to bunk down. Don't know about you boys, but I'm plumb tuckered out. A dense copse of Norwegian spruce lend the three of us deserters the temporary sanctuary we've been seeking. We three sleep and dream soundly within the comfort of the sheltering pinetum. Jupiter hangs in the sky like a juggernaut of pure, untrammeled promise.
July Rain by the band Tenfei. Mock my page signing off for Booksmart.